Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. Welcome back to the Surgeon Masters mini podcast. I have with us our guest, Dr. Ara Feinstein, a physician executive and associate professor of surgery at the University of Arizona. Ara, thank you for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. I know you've been doing a lot of things in the leadership space and also perhaps doing some coaching as well. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and what drives you to do what you do. Sure. So I'm a trauma surgeon. I think that's probably how I usually identify myself first and foremost, but certainly a great deal of my effort now is in the leadership space. I work for a large healthcare system, Banner Health, and what I do is support specialist physicians for them here in the Phoenix area. So it gets to be a lot of physicians, but the ultimate driver for me is I want to help people enjoy their careers. I want to help them develop, grow, take care of patients the way they want to they, they want to take care of them. And so that's really my, my motivator is to get up every day and, and help people do that. So it's not necessarily called out as coaching, but I feel like I am coaching just because I'm always talking to people about their careers and growth and problems and helping them to be the physicians they want to be. And for our surgeon audience, what do you think some of the things that you're learning from all this experience? Wow. There's, uh, I think, not a day that goes by that I don't learn something new. I think healthcare gets harder and harder. The environment in which we do what we were born to do is just increasingly challenging. And I think I learn something new every day about how I can help or how I can solve a problem. But I feel like it's sort of like being on a surfboard on roller skates, right? It's like there's nothing constant about any of this. And just trying to go with the flow is really has been the key. And so what do you think is going well or what's something significant we should change? Well, I think what's going well, especially if we're talking about surgery, is that technologically, from a knowledge standpoint, from a skill standpoint, from a dedication standpoint, I think we're better than our predecessors, right? We're better than we were even a year ago in terms of what we know and how we can perform technical feats. And I think that's part of what makes it so exciting to, to be a surgeon. I think what is not going well, you know, I think that sometimes we can't get out of our own way as surgeons. And we there are some things, I think, culturally that hold us back from being our best selves, both as surgeons and even outside the hospital. Perhaps you could give us some examples of what you're referring to in that surgeon culture. Sure. There are lots of things. I think any surgeon could tell you lots of stories about parts of their training or things that have been done to them by peers that really are things that haven't made them better, but have just made their lives harder. And I think the interesting thing about surgeons is that that's our culture. So in a sense, we do that to ourselves, right? And I think a couple of examples would be workaholism, right? I mean, it's not the hospital or anybody else telling us to work the hours that we work. It's an expectation that we hold ourselves to based on what we were taught, right? And it's, you don't see that in other fields in anesthesia or pediatrics or anything else. But workaholism is certainly ingrained in surgical culture. And it's, I think, leading to a lot of unhappiness. One of the other ones that I think is 
really important is that there's this real lack of vulnerability in surgical culture. I mean, this there's this idea that you can't show weakness. And, and if you do, it will be used against you. That I think has been part of surgical training and surgical culture as far back as anybody can remember. And, and on both those issues, I'm going to ask you, I think what for me is, seems like a pretty hard question. Like, so how do you change that culture of workaholism and a lack of vulnerability? Well, I think that you have to lead by example. And I think it takes people that have influence to start to demonstrate that there's a different way. I'm lucky enough to be in a leadership position. So I recognize that if I do take a stand on some of these things, I'm not doing it for myself only, but other people see that. And other people say, maybe that's okay. I'll give you an example. Our trauma sign out is usually at seven o'clock in the morning, which means you know you got to get up at 5.30 or six or whatever time it takes to be in your seat at seven o'clock to get sign out. And there was something that happened with the residents and they said, well, we're changing sign out to 6.30. And, you know, everybody just kind of nodded. And, and I said, I'm not going to be there at 6.30. I have kids. I have a family. I'm not personally going to be there at 6.30. So I will call into the meeting. If you put the speakerphone on, I'll call in and I'll listen while I'm driving. But I'm just not going to do it. And it was, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it was like nobody had ever said something like that in a surgical meeting before. But... I just felt like it was important. I mean, because what's next? I mean, you know how it goes. The next meeting is going to be at six and the next one's going to be at 530. And then you're working an 18 hour day, right? It's just, that's a part of surgical culture. Yeah. And I, I was almost feeling exactly what you just said, where first somebody offers the 630 and then a few years later, somebody's offering six, right? And maybe that's what's happened over the time is that, I mean, I don't know, but maybe many years ago, things did start off sort of reasonable, but the surgical culture and the workaholism meant you just said yes to the next request for your time and energy. Absolutely. I mean, that does reveal also a little bit of vulnerability as well in that. Those are great examples. Anything else you would add? Yeah. I mean, I think we all in surgery come up in this culture where you can't show weakness, right? And so I joke, I used to joke when I first became an attending that I refused to eat or drink anything in front of the residents because I didn't want them to know I was human. And while it was sort of a joke, it was kind of true, right? Like I wanted them to think that I was this terminator of a surgeon that could take all problems on and solve them without flinching. And in reality, on the inside, of course, I'm panicking about that case or worrying about that complication or doubting myself but I was just always taught if I expressed any of that, then people would think I was weak and people wouldn't think I was a good surgeon and no one would send me cases and no one would trust me. And so over the years, I've just gotten more comfortable with just saying things like, I'm worried about that, you know, we might have done that wrong, or I'm concerned that I'm really, really tired and I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to do a good job right now. You know, those are things that. I never would have said five years ago, but I think just kind of having gone through this sort of roller coaster that I've gone through in my career, I feel now a lot more comfortable to say those things. And I'm not really worried about how people perceive me for being honest or vulnerable. Well, that's fantastic. And I think there's a definitely a role as those people that are in the leadership positions to set those examples like you shared also the hope that when others who are listening who aren't in a leadership position might be able to 
demonstrate less workaholism and a bit more vulnerability, that they'll have some support. Anything just to kind of summarize and wrap up from your standpoint? We touched on two examples, but I think we could probably go on for an hour about parts of surgical culture we should probably leave behind. And so I would just encourage everybody when you are doing something that you really don't want to be doing, and it's not benefiting you, it's not benefiting the patient, and you take a step back, think about it, say, am I just doing this because that's part of the culture, even though it's not what I want to be doing? If the answer to that is yes, then just take a stand, even if it's a small stand, and just say, you know what, I'm going to do it different. We are all empowered as surgeons to make decisions. I always tell the residents, that's what they pay us the big bucks for, is to make hard decisions. And you know, sometimes make a hard decision to kind of go against the grain and go against the culture if it's going to make your life better or do something positive for your patients or your staff or somebody else. Fantastic message. Thanks for sharing that with our audience. I'm happy to be given the opportunity to do so. I really appreciate the work that you do coaching surgeons who I think have some of the most difficult jobs on the planet and giving people a space to talk about their struggles and help them through that, I think is extraordinarily valuable. Thanks again. There you have it in less than 10 minutes. This is Jeff Smith along with Dr. Ara Feinstein. Until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.